ability to reproduce itself like I like a dynamo, if you will. It is God's power. Let me read this list of things to you. It is God's power to produce new birth. It is God's power to give salvation. And I didn't write all these things down. If you want to, you can write them down. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 tells us about the power for the new birth. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 tells us about salvation. Ephesians 1 and 13 tells us about salvation. This is the power to impart grace, according to Acts chapter number 20, verse 24. It is God's power to establish in the faith, according to Romans 16 and 25. It is the power to generate faith. Amen. According to Romans chapter 10 verse 17. It is the power to set free. According to John chapter number 8 verses 31 through 36. It is the power to nourish our spiritual life. Amen. This is what I'm not ashamed of tonight. This is what I'm not ashamed of tonight. The power of God unto salvation. Unto each and every one of you that believeth. Amen. You were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you had faith. That he died on a cross for your sins. And that you, that you took him up on the fact that he paid the debt that you owed. That's a simple fact. But it was upon the faith that he did it for you amen amen it is it is also the power to search life search our life out if you will it is the power to make partakers of christ it is the power to impart immortality it is the power if you will to be able to spend eternity with the lord that's what this gospel is all about amen i know this is not new stuff but it's what I feel in my heart. Sometimes it's the things that we were built upon that we can reach back to and can be an encouragement to us. Amen. And we can move forward understanding that He has all things under His power. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a couple more things. It, it, it is the power to give protection according to Ephesians 6 and 17. And it is the power to give fullness of blessing according to Romans chapter 15 and verse number 20. Amen. This is what I am not ashamed of tonight as Paul wrote. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. We understand most of us here tonight are pretty well home folks this evening. However, we, we all understand that faith is the beginning of our journey with God. Without faith, it is impossible, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, to please God. We could not even start on this journey without faith. Amen. However... It seems to me, even in my own walk with God, that there came a time in my life where I understood I needed faith to begin my walk. But somewhere down the road, I laid my faith aside because I didn't feel like I needed it anymore. I got salvation. 
But the Apostle Paul didn't stop with verse 16. In saying, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But he goes on and he says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We must continue in faith. We can't just lay it aside after we get the Holy Ghost the first time. Amen. But we've got to continue walking in faith. Hallelujah. I'm going somewhere. If you just ride with me for a few moments. Amen. God's righteousness is revealed to those that walk in faith. Amen. That's what the scripture in verse 17 tells us. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Amen. Another footnote that I caught my eye as I was beginning to leave the office. I would put it in my notes and I wouldn't seem so scattered probably, but it just caught my eye and I felt like I needed to point it out before I moved on. But God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel on the ground of faith. As the absolute condition of salvation and is only effective. Get this. It is only effective in those who believe. You're not going to be successful in your walk with God without faith. It's impossible. I feel like somebody's saying, this is simple. This is what we've heard all of our life. I'm sorry. This is the best I've got for you tonight. Amen. Faith is everything that we're founded upon. You can't live for God without faith. You can't do it. Amen. Righteousness. Let's talk about righteousness for a few moments. We'll get back to faith in a moment. But the definition of righteousness. I went to Strong's Concordance and uh, began to look these up. And this is actually out of Strong's. Um, it says, in a broad sense, righteousness is the state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteousness or the condition acceptable to God. The doctrine concerning the way in which man may attain a state approved to God. This is righteousness. Righteousness is integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking or feeling and acting. And the second definition they gave was, in a narrower sense, it is simply justice or the virtue which gives each his due. Righteousness. It is rightness. It is integrity. It is purity of life. This is an explanation of God. It is Paul told us it is his righteousness that is revealed to us. Amen. If you have faith. How many of you want God's righteousness in your life? I cannot survive without his righteousness in my life. Amen. Amen. We're told and we know that we are justified 
through faith. We talked about that just for a few, for a few moments. But we're gonna, I, want, I want you to see in the scripture, we are justified. We are regenerated, if you will. We are, we are born again because of faith. Faith is the beginning here. We cannot be saved without faith, Hebrews tells us in 11 verse 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe. Must believe. No, no exceptions here. If you're going to come to God, you must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, because it is the gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. You can't get salvation. You can't go around faith to be saved. You have to have faith. You can't, you can't be good enough to attain salvation. According to the scripture. Amen. The foundation of salvation is simply faith. You cannot be saved else you have faith. Amen. And you must believe in him as Hebrews 11 tells us. And you also have to believe in his name. John 3 and 16 through verse 18 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And verse 18 goes to tell us, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth is, is condemned, believeth not, is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What is that name tonight? We know this name, right? What is this name? What is this name? What is this name? What is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? It's Jesus. And you have to have faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. However, regardless of us having faith to be saved, we, we must have it. We've established this fact tonight, but we cannot lay aside faith after we have been saved. Amen. Faith must be continually active in your life. Amen. Amen. In our text this evening, verse Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We understand faith is the catalyst or that spark that lights the bomb, if you will. Faith is the catalyst for all things in our walk with God. This should be what should drive us. This should be our underlying passion, 
we have complete and total trust in the Lord. We put our complete and total faith in Him. Why? Because all power, Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, Jesus said, because all power belongs to me in heaven and in earth. We have no power except He extends it to us. And we have to have the simple faith that God I can call on your name. That's why belief in Jesus' name is important. Because if you don't believe the power of Jesus Christ, calling upon the name, it's not going to do you any good to say the name Jesus. But when there's faith there, understanding when I call on his name, I can tell you, there was a night we were heading down to Texas, and we were, it was the end of a, an ice storm. You, a lot of you know what happened. We hit the bridge. We were doing 70 miles an hour. All the other bridges were clear. For whatever reason, this one wasn't. As soon as I hit the bridge, our vehicle began to spin out of control. I tried everything I knew how. Next thing I knew, me and my wife looked at each other, and we both said, Jesus! And the car stopped instantly. Before we could finish saying it, it stopped. There's power in the name of Jesus. Why did that happen? Because I understood when I call on the name of Jesus, things happen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've got to be careful. Every time I preach here, I lose my voice because I don't know how to regulate it. I get excited. About what I'm saying, amen. So, I'm trying to keep be cognizant of that. However, we have to have faith. Amen. We've got to have faith. Our life is a continual product of our faith. If we're not growing spiritually, we need to check our faith. It is because of our faith that we became regenerated or we were born again, okay? It is because of our faith, faith that we are sanctified. It's because of our faith that we continually seek to be, live a separate lifestyle. It's because of your faith. That's what I'm telling you. Your faith is a catalyst for everything that happens in your walk with God. You want to grow in God? Have faith. That faith will drive you to do the things that the Lord commands throughout the Scripture. And I'm going to get a Scripture out here in just a few moments that's going to back this up. However, your faith is everything. Without faith, we will not see the Lord. It's not going to happen. Amen. Everybody's looking at me like, we know this, Brother Brandon. Why are you saying this? Faith. Come on, folks. Don't you understand? Faith. We're not going to see revival, Pastor Riggin, if we don't have faith. Friday night, while we were praying, Joel came to my mind 
the prophet Joel, chapter number, I believe it was chapter 2, where Joel was talking about, this is where Joel spoke this, fa- this famous prophecy that, that the apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And I began to read through there. You know, I'm going to go there very quickly. I'm not going to preach very long on it. I, I just want, I want to show you something. I wasn't even going to say anything about it. Amen. Praise God. Joel, if you've got your Bibles, turn your Bibles there. Joel, chapter number 2. Amen. So nervous I can't even find it in my Bible. Amen. Joel chapter number two. Verse number sixteen. Oh, let's go to verse number seventeen. It says, let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? This is a prayer of repentance of the priests and the ministers of the Lord. And Joel is saying, Let these priests and the ministers of the Lord weep and cry out to God and repent. Why would they do this? Because they believed when they repented that the Lord would have a change of heart in the destruction that was was to come. The very next verse, verse number 18 says, Then when the people repent with faith, Then will the Lord be jealous for His land and pity His people. Verse 19 goes on to say, Yea, the Lord will answer and say to His people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far off from you the northern armor, and will drive him into a a land barren and desolate, and his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his and his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come up, because he hath done great things. And God goes on to give them a promise, and he said, Fear not, O land, be be glad and rejoice. Where did this come from? It came because the people fell on their face and they began to seek God's face and they began to seek His righteousness anew and afresh. Why? Because they had a faith renewed in them. Hallelujah. It was because the faith rose up in the people. And he and, and, and goes on to say... Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. 
Is this starting to sound familiar to anybody? Because he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of, 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 of wheat. And the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. And the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer. My great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Why was this great prosperity promised? Because the faith was renewed in his people. And they began to seek his righteousness. And they began to cry out to the Lord. God, we're sorry. We want your glory. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm telling you, when I begin to read that on Friday night, that towards the end, I begin to think, God, we've been crying out to you. We've been every single month. God, we've been fasting. We've been laying ourselves aside. We've been, we've been reaching out to you. God, we've been praying to you. And I begin to realize our faith has been being restored over this time. And when I begin to begin to realize this, I begin to understand, Lord, send the rain. God, God, send the rain. <laughs> oh, we could go back to Second Chronicles. If my people will, I will. Hallelujah. Why is, how is this, how does this come about? Because of the faith of the people of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God's hearing the cry of his people tonight. I believe, I believe this week, Pastor Rick and I believe I've been asking God, God speak to us directly. God give us a direct word. When we leave this, these services this week, God, I want to know exactly what you have in store. I don't want any doubt. God, I know you promised revival, but God, I want revival in full swing when these services are finished. Come on, folks. There's too many people in this city that have to be saved. We can't afford to sit by and let them all go to the devil's hell because we lack our faith. Let me tell you something. I've come tonight hungry. I've come tonight desiring his glory. I've come tonight seeking his righteousness. Why? Because I want an outpouring. When his people put an effort, Pastor was talking about it before I got up here. And as he was talking, I began to think about the, the Elijah out on Mount Carmel. They began, those people put an effort, Brother Jared. I looked it up. He told them to fill four barrels with water. And those people are looking at him like you're crazy. But they went and did what the man of God said. They filled four barrels with water and they came and dumped it upon the sacrifice and upon the, on the altar and it flowed around it. They finished. He said, go do it again. And they did it three times. 
And the Bible says that the water overflowed the trench that was around the altar. But let me tell you something. When the people finished putting an effort forth... And the man of God lifted his voice and asked God to let the fire fall. You know what happened? Nobody knows what happened. The fire of God fell from heaven. But the Bible said it didn't just consume the, the, the sacrifice that was on the altar, Brother Jared. But it said it consumed the sacrifice and the altar and all the water that was around it. It consumed everything. Let me tell you something. We've been working. We've been crying out to God. We believe that he's going to let the fire fall. Let me tell you, if you're around, when the fire falls, you're going to see nothing left of what the enemy's put in our pathway. The Lord's going to destroy it. The Lord's going to lick it up with the fire that falls from heaven. I'm telling you something. Tonight, I'm hungry for his righteousness. I'm hungry for his glory. Hallelujah. But it's not going to come to a faithless people. It's not going to come to those that lack the faith. Because it is, it is faith that he is well pleased with. Hallelujah. I did not come to say any of this tonight. But I'm telling you, I feel something stirring in the Holy Ghost. Something's going to happen this week to this church. I come expecting it. I come tonight. I come hungry. Lord, let us find that, that, that righteousness we've been seeking for. Hallelujah. 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 It's because of our faith that we found a new life. It's because of our faith that we can be sanctified. It's because of our faith that one day these old mortal bodies are going to be glorified and we're going to be able to spend an eternity with the Lord. It's because of faith. John 3 and 18 tells us, He that believeth on Him and is not, con is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. And to prove the rest of the points that I just made, Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 through 39 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. That word just there simply is the same word as righteous. The righteous are going to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For yet a little while. And he shall, he that shall come will come and not tarry. 
He's coming, church. He's coming. And you know what Jesus said before he left? He said, when the Son of Man returns to the, to the earth, will I find people speaking in tongues? No. Will he find holiness? No. Th those are important. But he said, will I find faith? Will he find faith in the earth? Faith. Faith. Come on, y'all. Faith. Faith. Faith is necessary. Faith cannot be worked around. It must be present. Faith. And it's because of faith. Because of faith. I made a mention a few moments ago. It's because of faith that I want to be sanctified. It's because of faith that's going to drive me to glory. Faith. Faith. No matter how much good that I can do, I could give of all my time. I could spend all my money for the house of God. I could, I could sell myself out to the house of God. But without faith, it's not going to do me any good. All the works in the world that I could think of for the kingdom of God to try to make myself righteous, it's impossible to do. Impossible. You understand me. You say, well, how can you become righteous? Well, we're going to talk about it in just a moment. But you cannot be righteous. You can't. We need his righteousness. No matter how much I try to do that is good, I cannot be saved on my good works. It's impossible. If we're trying to do good things and, and forget those things that saved us initially, namely faith, we're living in vain. Amen. We need His righteousness. We can't make it without His righteousness. We can't do it. That's why we need His righteousness in this assembly. We can't be a holy church without His righteousness. We'll never be able to find His righteousness... If we're lacking faith. I know I'm, I'm kind of being redundant, but I want to drive this home. Faith is the underlying cursor of everything that a child of God is. The Apostle Paul tells us that no one is righteous. Nobody. Romans chapter 3, bear with me, it may be a little lengthy for some of you, nine verses here, but I want you to see something here, Romans chapter 3 verses 9 through 18, says what then, are we better than they, no, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin, so basically he said here in verse 9, everybody is a sinner, that's what its conclusion is. I don't care if you're a Jew or if you're a Gentile. A Gentile is simply anybody that is not a Jew. 
That means you and me. Everybody's a sinner, he said. Verse 10 said, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Understand, we're talking about humanity. Okay? They are all gone out of the way, in fact. They're walking the opposite way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Not one man is good on his own account. It's impossible. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. We're talking about humanity. We're talking about you and me. Without his righteousness. That's what we're talking about. There is none righteous. No man in and of himself is righteous. Man is a sinner. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's man without his righteousness. But I'm glad the Apostle Paul didn't stop with that list. So thankful that he didn't stop with that list. Because if this was the case, we would all be destined for death. Because we were born in sin. And the wages of sin is death. And if we try to make ourselves good, even the best we could do would be far from God. But the apostle goes on in verse 21 through verse 26, and he gives us hope. I want you to look at this. you got your Bibles. I know I'm moving slow this evening. It's Sunday night. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Romans 3, 21 says, And now... After he just got through talking about nobody's righteous. Nobody can, in fact, they're walking the opposite way of God. Their feet are swift to shed blood. They, these, these people, they, they, they can't even fear God on their own. But he goes on and he says, but now. But now. If I would have, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. His righteousness is now manifest. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ 
unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How can we attain His righteousness? Through Jesus Christ. Through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm not going to ask anybody to come down and say the sinner's prayer tonight. Okay? Because Jesus said that if we believe on Him as the Scripture has said, and we're going to talk about what the Scripture has said, but we have to understand faith. Faith. You've got the Holy Ghost. You have to have faith to move forward. If you don't have faith, you're walking in the wrong direction. Faith is the most important and most crucial part of your walk with God. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness. Through faith in His blood to declare righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness. Why is salvation come to us? So we can declare His righteousness to mankind all around us. Hallelujah. How can we do this? Through faith. Through faith in His blood. Through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ Himself. Hallelujah. And the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. You can't be righteous on your own ability. You can't find righteousness by trying to do good around you and to treat people right. But you can be righteous by having faith, believing and understanding. God gave His life for you and He did it with a loving heart. Hallelujah. Just because you were filled with the Holy Ghost does not mean that He didn't die for you later on. Repentance is still available for you if you have faith that He can still forgive you of your sin. Just because you mess up, I can promise you I have not been perfect all my life. But I'm thankful that there is an altar of repentance that I can go to. And I can cry out, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. God, I need your mercy today. God, I want your grace in my life. And I can't live without it. Please forgive me. But I can't do that if I don't have faith in my life. You don't have to walk out on God because you messed up. But you can come to an altar and you can say, God, I am sorry. God, I want to live for you. God, I need you in my life. God, I believe, God, that you love me still. I cherish the psalm. That says his mercy is made new every morning. 
If it wasn't for the mercy of the Lord, where would I be? Oh, I am of all men a ranked sinner. A few weeks ago, I was teaching there in Lynn Valley on Tuesday night, and I looked at those people, and I said, look at me, guys. I'm nothing, and I'm nobody. In fact, if you want to ask me, the truth of the matter is, I'm a worse sinner than any of you guys were. But let me tell you something. God's mercy met with me one day and gave me the ability to say, Lord, I'm I'm sanctified now. I'm justified now. I've been born again, and I don't have to live like I used to live. I don't have to be what I used to be, even when I fall into sin. Let me tell you something. You don't have to continue in that lifestyle. I've come to instill faith in somebody tonight. You want God's righteousness in your life. You can have it before you leave this place tonight. You don't have to leave this place miserable. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I need His righteousness. I can't, I can't abide in Him without His righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't be right except for He helped me be right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an opportunity. We have this opportunity because He became our propitiation. He became the payment for you and me. That's why we have this opportunity. That's why I can come here tonight and preach unto you that faith is going to reveal to you His righteousness. We can't understand it without faith. We can't live it without faith. But I'm telling you, somebody get a hold of faith tonight. Somebody, don't leave this place faithless. If if you're not out of faith, that's fine. Let God build your faith tonight. Let me tell you something. 2 Peter, I believe, 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us, said, add to your faith. It has a bunch of stuff to it. But he simply said, add to your faith. Which tells me that you can have more faith. Amen. 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 How close to God do you want to be? One other thing that I began to think about as I was studying and preparing, was the fact that, can you put verse 23, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, back up there, please. And we're going to look at verse 24 as well. But these two verses, I, I think that all Scripture, I know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And I don't think any word was put in here by accident. I want you to look, verse 23 says, For all have it didn't say for all are sin, sinning, but it said for all have sinned, past tense, have sinned. Verse 24 says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, I give you the wrong verse. Verse number uh Verse number 25. 
whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through the faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. The removal, if you will, of sins. Tells me that when he becomes involved, sin is gone. I hate the mentality that I'm always a sinner. Kind of like go to Alcoholic Anonymous and, and they say, I am an alcoholic. By God's grace, you're not an alcoholic. And by God's grace, you are no longer a sinner when he comes and abides in your heart. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he removes that stuff. And you become a child of God at that point. Not a sinner anymore. Not a child of, not a slave to this world, but a child of God. And I'm thankful for that. That's a promise that each and every one of us can hang on to. I'm, I, I cannot express my gratitude enough for his mercy and his grace. Do I deserve to be his child? No. No, sir, I don't. But he was merciful to extend to me his mercy. Did I deserve it? No. Do I deserve it now? No. But he still reaches out to those that seek his face, to those that are hungry, to those that have faith. Faith. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. I said I was going to prove something to you a while ago. Understanding our faith drives us to do the things that we ought to do. Ephesians chapter number 2, verses 8 through 10. says, For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Okay? I had a discussion with somebody the other day. They said, salvation is not of works. And they stopped at this verse. He said, but that's not the end of the thought. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Where do these works come from? Because of my faith. My faith in Christ Jesus will cause me to do the things that I know I ought to do. It will cause me to change the way I talk, the what I watch, what I see, what I dwell on. Faith in Jesus Christ will do these things. Amen. Unto good works, which God hath ordained. God hath ordained some works for salvation. All right? You with me? That we should walk in them. What are these works? Faith is going to cause us. Here's some of them. Faith will cause us to repent. It will. Because when you realize that the God of the universe wrapped himself in flesh. And that flesh lived a sinless life. And was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. So you would not have to pay the price of sin. And you realize that you're a sinner. But a sinless man, that was perfect. Hebrews tells us 
We have not an high priest that cannot be touched with our infirmities. Why? Because he was tempted in all points like as we are, but without sin. And when you understand this, faith is going to cause you to fall on your face and on your knees and begin to cry out to God, God, I'm sorry. My sin did that to you. Hallelujah. If you weren't here on Sunday morning of Easter, Pastor Riggin did such a beautiful job. Jesus Christ was faced with, this is one thing that really stuck out to me. Jesus Christ was on the cross between two thieves. And Pastor Riggin said, while he was on the cross, everybody was saying, come on down from the cross. Prove that you're the Messiah. And he didn't. But one man that was on the cross beside him gave him an ultimatum you will he said save yourself and save us the one thing that I'm not going to reteach it I'm going to preach it but you want to hear the whole thing in entirety we have the recording but let me tell you something Jesus at that moment had to make a decision he understood one thing if he, if he came down from the cross, he could not save that man on the cross. So he had to make a decision. Save myself or save the men. And he chose to save mankind. Think about that. If you were hanging on the cross, what would you choose? If you had the ability to come off of that thing, what would you do? He was in utter pain. But the belief and the faith and the fact that he did this for me and he chose me over life itself is a sobering thought. And faith in that makes me go to my knees on a daily basis and say, God, I'm so sorry. God, I am so sorry for, for putting you through what you went through. You understand faith. Faith is the catalyst for everything in your walk with God. It's not just faith that's going to drive you to an altar of repentance, but it's faith that's going to put you in the water and going to wash away your sins. What? How? Well, because you're believing that when we call the name of Jesus Christ, he's going to take that life of sin and he's going to cast it as far as the east is from the west. That's why. Faith. Faith. And when you've done these things, you've repented of all your sins, it's still faith that's driving you. Still faith that's driving you. Why? Because it's faith that now that I've got rid of all this sin, now I'm empty. And I believe he's going to come as he said he was. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus said that. And when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you begin to speak in another tongue, it's the most beautiful thing that you will ever experience in your life. Amen. And it's faith that gets you to that point. Amen. And after that, faith doesn't stop. 
Faith doesn't stop. We have to understand, and you guys can all stand with me, Sister Becca, come. Faith is going to make me pursue a sanctified life. It's going to cause me to want to be like him. Because when his righteousness is revealed to you, you begin to understand. He's right. He is pure. He is holy. And that is why he said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Jesus was telling us in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6. This is where I'm going to take my title this evening. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Matthew 5 and 6 tells us, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You understand the power of that word shall. It's not just a something Jesus said in passing, but when Jesus says shall, it's going to happen. If you have come tonight hungering and thirsting for his righteousness in your life, you shall be filled. The Bible, what it says. Jesus said if you're hungry, if you're thirsty for righteousness, come to him. John chapter 7 verse 37 through 39 says in the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and he cried and said if any man thirst let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly there's this word again shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. If you don't understand what he's talking about, verse 39 tells us, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost had not been given at that point because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So I've come tonight to try to instill some faith in some people tonight. I don't know what you're facing. I don't, you want the Holy Ghost tonight? It begins with faith. If you need God to deal with a situation, reach out and grab a hold of faith because He's still the same God that came into your life when you repented of your sins, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, that same God that removed all your sins is that same God that lives inside of your heart. If you can reach out and grab a hold of faith, say, God, I need you tonight. I've come hungry tonight. I've come thirsty for righteousness, Lord. From faith to faith, living by faith. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. 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 I came tonight seeking him. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 42, 1 through 
1 and 2 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 84 and 2 tells me my soul longeth. Yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Luke 6 and 21. Jesus tells us again, he said, Blessed are ye that hunger now. For ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Coming to a close, when you seek God, when you seek God in faith, you're going to find Him. When you find Him, He's going to change everything that you yield to Him. But when you come to him, you've got to come believing. You've got to come with the understanding God is going to deal with this situation. God is going to change my life forever. Let me read to you something. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 said, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. He said, When my people seek my face, and they turn from everything else. And they come believing. Hallelujah. He's going to hear from heaven. And he's going to heal their land. And he's going to forgive their sin. And this is my last scripture. Isaiah chapter 61, verse number 3. I love this scripture. As I was studying, it was the thing that kept running through my mind. I'm hungry for his righteousness. I thirsty for his righteousness. And when I yield myself to him, and I give myself to him, this is what he does. He appoints unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. He takes my stuff, my nastiness, and he gives me beauty. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why are you heavy? Well, where's your faith at tonight? Because he can give you a garment of praise. You struggled through service tonight with a spirit of heaviness? Why don't you grab a hold of some faith before you leave this place? Because he wants to give you a garment of praise. He doesn't get glory out of my heaviness. He doesn't get glory out of my mourning. But when I can put on that garment of praise. And I can take on that oil of joy. And I can take on the beauty for ashes. Amen. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. That's what this is about. It's our lives glorifying him. Putting our faith in everything that he's done and will do.
Let me tell you something. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Can we love him this evening?